An entitled mother demands that I let her son ride my horse. But even after I say no, this entitled mother grabs the reins to my horse, trying to force me to let her kid ride my horse. Here's what happened. So to start things out, I have three horses. Two who are really sweet and one who has extreme anxiety and is terrified of people, especially young kids. He was hurt for the first six years of his life, all the way up until he was rescued and I later bought him. And that was four years ago. And all the way up until now, I have used so much of my time to gain his trust. Now that backstory is going to be important. Also, my horse gets anxiety when he isn't around his siblings or me, which is also going to be important. So we had an open stable, which is basically an event where families get to come to the farm and meet the animals and try to ride the horses. And the owner asked if they could borrow two of the sweeter horses, which I happily agreed to. Now, since I couldn't leave my anxious horse with the other horses, I was also asked if I could go on a few trips with some visitors just to teach them how to ride. It was a very short trip, but it was one of those trips that really stood out. So a boy, maybe nine years old, was put on the laziest pony ever, and he didn't seem happy. But when the kid saw my horse, the anxious one, the kid lit up and jumped off the pony just to walk over to me, with their mom right behind them in tow. And the mom to the spoiled kid is the entitled mother of this story. She walks up to me and says, Excuse me, my son wants to ride that horse. Can you please switch with him? I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry, no, but this is my horse. But the entitled Karen didn't believe me. She said, no, it's a farm horse. So I gently corrected her and I said, no, I own him. He is a private horse. But no, unfortunately, you cannot ride my horse. The entitled mother got upset when I said this and said to me, why not? He doesn't want the lazy horse. So I went on to further explain, ma'am, it's my horse. And I'm guessing your son has very little riding experience. This horse is not for beginners and he doesn't like strangers. Now, after I said that, this entitled mother does something I seriously did not expect. She reaches up and grabs the reins to the horse. And when she did this, I seriously was blown away. The entitled kid then chimes in and says, I want to ride him. With a mom looking down at their kid and saying, I know, but that boy won't let you. He doesn't think that you're good enough. The entitled kid then just started screaming and yelling. He kept screaming that he wants to ride it over and over again. And at this point, I seriously got annoyed. I looked at this entitled mother and I said, lady, either get your son's butt on the pony or leave because you are not going to get a ride with my horse. It's dangerous and not safe for kids. And if he falls off, he will seriously get hurt. Thankfully, my brother was there to step in. He looked at this entitled mother and said, lady, the horse is almost my height. I have landed in the hospital because of that horse and I got away with a broken arm. That horse does not like kids. Your son will get more injured than I did and the original poster is basically saving your son's life. Which, by the way, this is all true. My brother tried to ride my horse and was knocked off the horse. Even after my brother explained what happened, this entitled mother wasn't having it. She said to us, you're just making that up because you're some stuck-up rich brat. Having had enough, I look at her and I say, alright lady, leave. I'm not gonna give you my horse. The entitled mother then shouts that she's gonna tell the owner. But I say to her, go ahead. I have six witnesses that can back me up. After that, the entitled mother left and I was later asked about it from the owner. But thankfully, and as you would expect, nothing happened to me. The owner took my side and I never had to deal with this entitled Karen ever again. The entitled mother in this story is really awful. Like, what an awful parent. You were literally trying to force your kid onto a horse that doesn't like kids. It's almost like you wanted your kid to get hurt. Like, seriously, you suck as a parent. I don't know about you, but a large animal who could seriously injure me is not something I want to mess with, especially if they're not good with kids or other people. And those horses 
horses when they're scared or unsure of what's going on, they can seriously hurt you. They are not to be messed with. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's only going to get worse. So seriously, good for the original poster for standing their ground. This entitled mother didn't know what she was doing, and she was only going to cause more damage than good. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. An entitled hospital roommate that I had to share a room with was being absolutely obnoxious and incredibly rude to the entire hospital staff. And it was honestly so embarrassing to deal with on a daily basis, and I'm so glad I don't have to deal with him anymore. Here's what happened. So to start things off, I was in a very bad driving accident about 20 years ago. The car struck a sycamore tree at about 50 miles an hour. Now, relax, the tree was fine, but I was definitely not. I was in the front passenger seat, and the engine came through the firewall and crushed my legs, and the hot metal gave me second-degree burns as well. I also had a few broken ribs, a cracked sternum, a punctured lung, some bruised internal organs, a broken nose, and a bunch of broken teeth. So yeah, I was a mess. Now, my roommate, who I will now refer to as Scooter, that's not their real name, was there because he had a cyst on his arm, and he was a miserable wretch. I mean, fresh air would have made this guy mad. He complained constantly about literally everything and maintained a base level of hostility towards everyone, even his girlfriend. She stopped visiting him after the first day I was awake, and for some reason, he blamed the nurses for it. You would think he was being bitten by fire ants. Whenever he was asked to rate his pain from 1 to 10, his answer was always higher than 10. Scooter was a cook at a fire hall. I don't mean he cooked for firemen, at least in my area. A fire hall is a sort of blue-collar private club with cheap beer and greasy food. I knew what he did for a living because he periodically called the guy covering his shifts just to micromanage him and argue about inconsequential garbage. Meanwhile, I'm laying there with 14 broken bones and some broken teeth that hurt whenever they are exposed to air. I even had a chest tube and I couldn't go more than 5 or 10 minutes without coughing, which hurt like crazy when you have broken ribs. When asked to rate my pain, I figured a 10 would be like your organs were hanging out of you or you were missing large patches of skin. So I think the highest number I gave was about 4. I was in miserable shape, but I hated hearing Scooter verbally getting aggressive with the hospital staff. If it weren't for him, I might have snapped at someone occasionally, but instead I made a point to always greet them with as much cheerfulness as I could muster and always saying please and thank you and expressing appreciation out loud especially so Scooter could hear it. I was worried about taking too much pain medication, so I would wait until the pain was getting close to unbearable before asking for any more. At one point, I asked for pain meds, and there was a perfect storm of bad luck. My prescription had run out, but there was a shift change, and they couldn't find anyone who was on my treatment team to write a new one. It took almost two hours to get it sorted. I mean, honestly, no one could have faulted me for being just a little bit cross. A few hours earlier, when they had brought us our lunch, Scooter had thrown an epic temper tantrum because he had asked for peas and was given corn. He started yelling all these obscenities at the staff and threw his tray across the room. It took a good 15 minutes to get him another tray, and he didn't stop yelling until it came. Even after it arrived, he was mollified. He snapped at everyone who came in for at least the next hour about the garbage operation that they were apparently running. So when I had to wait for the relief from my pain, I took great satisfaction in remaining cheerful. The nurses kept apologizing every time they came in to check on me and give me a progress update. But I kept assuring them that I knew they were doing their best, and I was thanking them for their efforts. I repeatedly said, don't worry. It's not like you brought me corn instead of peas or anything serious like that. When they did get someone to write a new prescription, they started me out with a shot, so relief was almost instantaneously. As it kicked in, I told the nurse who gave it to me that they are an angel and I absolutely love them. I had a long and difficult recovery. When 
I left the hospital, I moved to a rented hospital bed in my brother's living room. I needed a wheelchair for three months and crutches for seven to eight months after that. I had two more surgeries over the next year and a half and almost three years before I could even return to work. In large part because of my experience sharing a room with Scooter, I never lost my sense of humor. Yeah, that guy named Scooter really is a jerk. I mean, he was getting angry over literally everything, snapping at the staff and treating them like garbage in general. And that's awful. I can only imagine having that as a roommate at a hospital. Like, that seriously had to have been a crazy thing to deal with every single day. Like, seriously, who actually wants to eat the vegetables from a hospital? Meanwhile, Scooter over here is freaking out because he didn't get peas. Like, come on, get a grip. And I'm sure the staff loved you for actually being kind and reasonable. Because the way Scooter was acting was completely out of line, and he seriously needed a reality check. My girlfriend does not listen to me unless I cause World War III. And this is all over her smoking in our apartment, even though we're not allowed to smoke in that apartment with the threat of losing our lease. And I'm seriously so frustrated and I don't know what to do. So I've been with my girlfriend coming up on two years now and we have been living together for about a year. My partner smokes and technically we are not allowed to smoke in our building. I am concerned about bothering the neighbors and it makes me very anxious that we will get a complaint from the neighbors or the landlord. Housing is extremely scarce where we live. So I deeply do not want to upset any of the neighbors and lose our lease. I don't want her to quit smoking entirely since she doesn't want to and it is her body. But I have asked that she not smoke when other people are likely to be on their balconies, as well as not smoking for long periods of time. She has slowly, and I mean very, very slowly, started doing some of the things I've been asking. But it's always only one of those things. Like she will smoke for a short period of time, but she will do it when we can audibly hear people outside next door. Every single evening we have this discussion, and it's like a war of attrition, where she will grudgingly say yes, and then not do it, or do it for a day, and then stop. Eventually, I blew up and told her that I'm sick of all my evenings being stuck having this argument. It is a constant level of anxiety and I'm sick of it. Then she goes off and sulks for the next two days. This pattern is exhausting and it's not even about the smoking. So the specifics of the situation aren't as important, but it's the fact that I have to keep saying, stop doing that. Please stop doing that. And it's always finally followed by a giant argument where eventually she starts to get the message. And it's like a running pattern in our relationship like this. I feel like I don't get listened to until I cause World War III, and it's really not fair for me, and I seriously don't know what to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. 
They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The way your girlfriend is acting is incredibly obnoxious and super toxic. And honestly, if my girlfriend was threatening my living situation and refusing to listen when I'm being serious, then that personally would be a massive deal breaker and she would definitely need to move out. There's no way that's going to be put up with. She is jeopardizing your ability to have a place and a roof over your head. And this is a very selfish thing to do. And sure, you can't make her quit smoking. Like, whatever. I get that whole notion of like, it's her body. She could do what she wants. But when this threatens your ability to have a place to live, that activity absolutely cannot happen in the apartment. Sorry, end of story, it's not happening. Not on the balcony, not in the apartment, it simply cannot happen. And you know for a fact the landlord is going to catch that eventually. She's playing with fire by doing that in your apartment, especially when you're not allowed to smoke or do anything like that in the apartment. Like, that's not okay. That has seriously got to stop. So I don't blame you for getting upset. This is absolutely reasonable, and your girlfriend is being unreasonable. And seriously, something needs to change with her, like, immediately. Otherwise, both of you are going to find yourself on the street without a place to live. My wife has a very close guy friend that has been texting her almost every day for several years, and it makes me incredibly uncomfortable, and I'm seriously not sure what to do. So my wife has a close guy friend, and they've been texting almost every day since the last six to eight years, even till today. We're both in our late 30s, and we have been married for the last 10 years. We have absolute trust in each other and absolutely hide nothing from each other. We have complete confidence in each other, when it comes to socializing with close friends from the opposite gender. Unfortunately, not for this specific one guy. He was her colleague from previous companies and have known each other for very long. I do happen to know him as well and found him to be a nice guy initially. From the start, I knew they have frequent or daily communication via text messaging. They've got nicknames for each other and I don't mind it at all because of the trust that we have. In the recent few years, my wife got an overseas job and had to relocate. Right before she flew, he wanted to meet and give her some of her things. And then he told her that he actually liked her all along. All this despite him already being engaged to his girlfriend, who is now his wife. We are very open in our relationship. Thus, she told me straight away about what happened. From then on, I lost respect for this guy. I'm not sure what his purpose was to reveal how he felt to my wife, but I can't even imagine what would happen if his current wife was to know the truth. A couple of years have passed until this date. They are still texting each other consistently. Now, I want to reiterate that I have absolute trust in my wife. And if she finds it okay to keep texting him, then I'm okay with it as well. But it doesn't mean that I will be happy about it. I have asked and talked to my wife about how I felt about his constant messages. She reassured me that he's just that good friend who can provide listening ears. To be honest, I actually loathe the whole idea very much. And I bear so much hatred towards this guy. No matter how good of a friend he is, I am not sure if it makes sense to text every single day. Mostly coming from the guy, of course. My 
stand as a fellow man is this. If you have told a girl that you liked her, there is no way this feeling will ever be gone, especially when the girl is willing to keep texting you back. And I am very sure if something happens in our relationship, he will be the first one to pounce on her and ditch his wife. I am making a lot of assumptions here, but I don't think I'm totally wrong. I still do respect my wife's wishes, and I'm not going to stop her, nor occasionally probing her about what's going on. But this all just feels so unjust, and I seriously don't know what to do. That guy screams red flags in my opinion. He confesses to your wife that he likes her, and then still texts her and communicates with her every day? Like, come on, that's a little weird. Doesn't this guy already have his own wife? Like, why is he sniffing around towards yours? So I can completely understand why you would feel jaded, and you would feel some kind of way about this guy talking to your wife. That's not okay in my opinion. And he seriously needs to back off. And sure, you don't want to tell your wife who she can and cannot be friends with. But it doesn't sound like this guy wants to be friends. It sounds like this guy wants a little bit more than just friendship. He confessed his feelings for her. This isn't just the average guy friend who's just there to hang out and be a good friend. That would be way different. Because I'm with you. I really do think this guy still has feelings for your wife. And if you were to leave the picture, he absolutely would try to step in. It also makes me question if your wife knows how uncomfortable you feel about this. So maybe sitting down and talking to her about it and saying, hey, the second this guy confessed his feelings for you is the second I no longer trusted him. And maybe just get that out in the open so she can understand where you're coming from. But hopefully some kind of consolidation can be made because this guy is definitely sniffing around for something else and I don't blame you for being upset in the slightest. My wife is very clearly hiding something from me after she reacts so poorly to me inquiring about what's on her phone. And now things have escalated to a point where she is currently staying with her landing pad family and she is only talking to me via text messaging. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. Okay, so we've been married for going on three years and we dated for around a year before that. Last summer, I found out that my wife was still receiving messages from this guy that she used to see around the same time that we got together. It was kind of an episode with her snatching her phone out of my hand, but she eventually let me look through her messages as well as some other stuff and I was placated with her promise to block him. And I was literally just holding her phone at the time when the text came in. I was not snooping around at all. Fast forward to last Wednesday and we are riding the subway to go out for dinner and I happen to see this dude's thumbnail image as she quickly scrolled through her messages as if to keep me from noticing. At first she tried to show me a recent text from a friend and try to say that that was the message but it was not the WhatsApp notification that I was talking about. As we were exiting the subway platform I looked back to see her deleting her reply. I had to drag out of her that he only just texted her again that morning and checking the message history seemed to confirm it. Deleting her reply though really bothered me and I wasn't satisfied. I told her that I needed to check her phone if she wanted to avoid damaging my trust and she'd let me check her Facebook and instant messaging but when I went to see what app she had installed she snatched it out of my hands again and wouldn't give it back. I tried to plead with her that she was doing irreparable damage but she wouldn't budge and I wasn't about to snatch it back and risk her escalating to a physical confrontation in public. In my mind she had just all but confirmed my fears anyways. We went home and I ignored her for the rest of the night. Thursday we didn't really speak to each other much. She tried to explain that she had had dating apps still installed but hadn't used them in years and was worried how I would react to some old messages. I had remained very calm if a bit grim this whole time after finding out about the new message so that just didn't track and it honestly felt like a half truth. She started despairing that I wouldn't forgive her or ever trust her again which I mean yeah those are exactly the consequences I warned her about when she snatched the phone out of my hand. Friday after I left for work she messaged me to let me know she was going to stay at her landing pad family 
and that his family she stayed with for several years while immigrating to the United States. She has a room there and usually stays for a few days each month when they need some translation help or something along those lines. I was not happy with this. She said she wanted to give me space, but it felt like she was running away from the uncomfortable consequences. We've had a couple of text conversations since then, but it's just going in circles. She minimizes her lying by saying stuff like, I didn't believe one message could cause all this. I didn't do anything really bad. Then she gets offended when I remind her of her lies. She then says that she already apologized, as though that's supposed to just make it all better suddenly. She refused counseling, although at this point, I doubt it would make any kind of difference. Frankly, I haven't even processed all of this yet, as I was working all weekend. I'm not sure I would want to go to counseling either, or even forgive her at all for that matter. She's not being very remorseful, and she's badgering me for forgiveness, claiming my lack of trust is hurting her, as though trust is a switch that I can flip to turn off and on. She says she doesn't know what to do or say, because I won't believe her anyways, since she could have deleted or hidden whatever actually was on the phone by now. And honestly, I don't really know what to do either. I'm starting to doubt it's fixable given how she's been reacting to the entire thing, but I guess I'm still hoping since I haven't gotten any direct evidence of infidelity yet. My mind just boggles at whatever else could be so bad that she would prefer to blow up the relationship rather than just fess up and talk about what's happening. I'm not sure I even want to know at this point. Is there some way I can get her to understand what she needs to do to fix this? I'm honestly not sure and I seriously don't know what to do. Honestly, if she wasn't hiding anything, she wouldn't be running away to another family just to stay with them. She claims it's just to give you space and she's begging for you to forgive her, literally because she's probably doing something behind your back and she doesn't want you to see the evidence of it. I think your hunch is 100% correct and the way she's reacting is ridiculous. Any reasonable partner who's clearly going to be loyal to you would probably be like, oh yeah, look through my phone. Let me show you exactly what's happening. If she loved you, she would reassure you that no, she is not cheating. But instead, she snatched her phone away. She's been deleting messages from other men you've told her not to talk to. She's hiding something very clearly in her phone. Like the way she's reacting to this entire situation is proof enough that something is not right. And your hunch is 100% correct. And worst of all, it doesn't sound like she wants to fix any of this. Instead of trying to fix it, she just ran away. And it doesn't matter if she's been unfaithful or not. At the bare minimum, it's probably like an emotional affair. But even that is so uncalled for. So hopefully you can find some kind of solution to this. Because the way your wife is acting is incredibly sketchy. And this is all literally her fault. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. So you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.